Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Philip. How goes it? How goes the war? Uh, it is the last day of February, so we have almost won our war against February. <laughs> It's not a leap year this year, I guess. Uh, that is correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So those of you born on February 29th um, are not aging this year. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Well, I wonder, is there anyone famous that was born on February 29th? There must have been. I'm sure there's a Wikipedia page list of famous people born on yes. February 29th. Right? And yeah. it lists their, their actual age if you... Uh, don't include the tournament. In fact, by the way, yeah. so um, that reminds me that was we have gotten a number of excellent suggestions. Yes, for ways to if the universe, mm -hmm. and from our devoted and brilliant listeners, one of them was this was from Darwin Hannon. We're not going to do it this week, but we are going to do it soon. Uh, but his, he had, Darwin had seen a um, cartoon of Garfield where Garfield said to John, his human, something like, I'm going to get rid of Monday and then it'll be Tuesday. And, and yeah. hell, apparently hell would break loose. Uh, hell, hell would, yes, mm -hmm. all kinds of things would go crazy. So excising a day from time, like February 29th. For instance. Know, yeah. For instance, is, is a fascinating concept. Today, however, congratulations to two of our other most brilliant listeners and most wondering, questioning, imagining, imaginative listeners. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to do it. We're going to do an if. We're going to go off on an if journey uh, today, inspired by Mr. Alan Blair on Twitter at Mr. Alan Blair with two L's. Mm -hmm. Actually, three L's, two in Allen, one in Blair. Two, yep. And uh, also Mr. Randy Woods of Seattle, Washington. I'm not sure where Allen is. I happen to know where Randy is because we've been friends since sixth grade. Oh, my. Well, we have known each other since sixth grade. We were enemies in seventh grade, and we became friends in eighth grade. So, oh, all right. Well, it's a nice middle school trajectory. That, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's absolutely true. And uh, they, they both have suggested things from, from sort of different sides. Uh, Alan, Alan had said, what the if you could change the speed of light? And his suggestion there was, he, he does say, uh, this is what he said, he, he tweeted, what the if you could change the speed of light? Uh, I would like to reach star systems, other star systems in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, Maybe it should be travel faster than the speed of light. So those are two interesting things. Then uh, Randy Woods, Randy suggested, it, it was a little bit mysterious. He, he just posted a cryptic phrase um, because I think he may be communicating from like a higher dimension. Sure. On Facebook, which <laughs> is no, the portal. There is no higher dimension. There's yeah. <laughs> no highest <laughs> dimension, Facebook. And he just said, the malleability of time. So he was filling in the blank. I posted the question, what the, if you could change one thing about the universe and it was the malleability of time. Mm -hmm. And so when I mentioned both of these to you, 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 you rightfully said, well, going as fast as the speed of light or faster than the speed of light, for instance, uh, is interesting, but like is very, very, very well explored in science fiction. Mm -hmm. Warp speed, wormholes, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And um, going, but, but changing the speed of light, lowering the speed of light, <laughs> mm -hmm. like, a, like a cop, like a sheriff of a really small town on a highway. And this is the only yeah. way they can um, raise money. Yes, <laughs> by lowering the speed limit. Lowering yeah. the speed limit for like mm -hmm. the hundred yards of the width of the town, mm -hmm. and then pull people over speed for speeding. 
So Randy had said the malleability of time, which is also interesting. Now, we we sort of, we did an episode, uh, for those of you interested in this topic, there is an earlier episode we did, quite a bit earlier, actually, um, on time dilation. Mm-hmm. I think it's called time dilation for fun and profit. Or Yes, that's right. Something like that. And there we were having bad Skype <laughs> connections <laughs> that was causing a... Delay. And in, in that scenario, it, it, it's pretty fun too. I, I recommend you go back and listen to that if you, if you, if you find this fascinating. It, that was more like what if time, you experience time dilation so extreme that basically your legs would do something and you would not see what they had done for a minute or so. Right. Sort of a signal delay experiment. Yeah. Right. Right. The complicated, complicated, rich, a rich journey. Go back and if that get ifed. But here, here are the ideas. What if we could, so there's two things I want to ask you. What do you think? Are we just going to lower it, lower the speed of light to some fixed thing? Or what I find interesting about Randy's suggestion is he used the word malleability. Mm-hmm. The idea that you could adjust it somehow. It's quite a bit more advanced. Yeah, that's right. So maybe we should do um, the low speed first so we can get a sense of what the stakes are yeah. and then and then uh, mal things. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Get, you get yeah. ifed and then there may be some mal. Yes. <laughs> uh, we're even worse than his brother, Hal. Yeah, you don't want to mess with Hal. Is Mal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mal 2018. He's much worse than Hal. Yes. And not as good a singer. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Did we ever hear House? I don't think Hal sang. You know, he could have. Astronauts were not very imaginative. They could have. Yeah, well, he tried to sing, what was that, Daisy? Not the name of the song? Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Okay, you're right. You're right. And it was the death of him. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And almost the, the, the uh, other astronaut mm-hmm. that he survived. Yeah. So, uh, okay, we're going to slow down the speed of light. Now, first, I think I want to... Uh, I don't want to leave people behind. Sometimes we, I, I actually, I must say, I enjoy discussing the show with some other listeners. And I do enjoy, even when I was a kid, I enjoyed listening to shows or watching shows or reading books that were like above, sometimes considerably above my ability to grasp it. Okay. But I could hang on, you know, I could always hang on just enough. Mm-hmm. There's definite value to that. But I, I want to make sure that we bring everybody along. This is a concept everybody's familiar with. Everybody wonders about. They hear this thing in school, the speed of light, and they, they just can't help but think it's just some sort of arbitrary limit. Right. And, but it's um, not. Yeah, like the people think of it like the, um, uh, like the speed limit in a small town. Right. right. That somebody just puts up a sign and says you can't go faster. And of course, we all know that even if the, the sign says speed limit 50, you can go faster. You just shouldn't. Right. Interesting. Right. And, and so I, I, yeah. I dare say just a tiny side note that mm-hmm. one of the, you know, one of my mission and your mission and other people who love science, a mission is to make science more appealing and scientists more appealing. And there is a, uh, without going too deep into this issue, there is an unavoidable sense among people who don't know scientists and who maybe don't like them or appreciate them to think the scientists are the downers. Like Neil Tyson, <laughs> Neil Tyson, for instance, is often, you know, if you're not into it, you might see him mm-hmm. as just like pooping on things. Right. Like, oh, that's not, you know, sort of deflating something. You can't do that. And it almost, if you really know nothing, you're really ignorant or stubborn or whatever, you, you think he's just making it that way. He's just telling you, sort of like a parent saying, don't do it. Just like you said, you could steal that cookie, mm-hmm. those cookies from the cookie jar. Right. But Neil Tyson says, no, it's not possible. And you're like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And Einstein, <laughs> I think, actually, people love Einstein. People don't really have negative attitudes toward Einstein. But this speed limit thing, actually, I think some people are like, why did he do that? Yeah, that's right. Why did he tell um, us we can't go faster? That's right. So this is, uh, you know, we talk about uh, laws of nature, like the speed of light. And then, so that's an analogy to laws in human society. So laws in human society 
are supposed to restrict your actions, but they don't always, which is why we have, you know, 10,000 criminal justice shows on cable networks, right? right? Because, because you can violate those laws, you just shouldn't. So the laws of nature are a little different in that they're not suggestions, uh, but they're actually restrictions, right? You can't, you can't do more than that. So when we say uh, you can't go faster than the speed of light, um, it's not uh, a cop with a, uh, whistle saying, no, 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 you need to slow down. But rather, as you try to go faster than the speed of light, the universe actually prevents you from doing so um, in a couple of different malicious ways. Right. For, right. So, for instance, human laws, it's interesting because my, my, my feeling is that the people who wrote the laws and certainly the people who enforce the laws um, would actually like them to be seen as laws of nature. Like I, yes. I'm not sure which word, which application of the word law came first, but no, I, the, le- the legal one, <laughs> it really, the legal one. That's interesting yeah. because I can imagine it being the other way around that there were laws of nature, like the law of, well, this, or, or let's just say something simple like gravity or, you know, certain things and thermodynamics, things that are absolutely, un- you, it, this is just how it is. And so that humans applied that to things that they want to be unbreakable right and they want people to see it that way but they don't so the notion of laws of nature as this sort of unbreakable uh, behavior um is relatively recent so just a few hundred years old wow okay actually yeah so human laws are around long before um uh yeah so the um so the fact that we can't go faster than the speed of light doesn't affect most of our lives right right Yes, it's very rare in your daily commute that you say, oh, if only the speed of light was a little bit faster (laughs) or if only it was a little bit slower, then things would be better. Um, And this is one of the reasons that relativity is so strange. It seems so strange to us is that the effects of relativity, uh, special relativity anyway, only come into effect when you're when you're moving close to the speed of light, which I should I don't think I've actually said yet um, is extremely fast. So it's one hundred and eighty six thousand two hundred ninety two miles per second. Right. And in fact, one of the one of the rare instances where I actually have always found it easier to say to say and even remember the metric number, which is simple, isn't it like three hundred thousand kilometers? Three hundred million meters per second. Oh, boy, was I off. (laughs) 300 million kilometers. Well, well actually, if you, if you said it right, um, it might be 300,000 kilometers per second. Right. Um, but right. I, I do meters in my head because they're, they're better. Even, well, yeah, 300 million is way cooler. 300 yeah. million meters right. per second. Okay. Or 186,000 um, miles per second. Yeah. Somehow, I, 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 186,292 miles per second sounds faster to me. Okay. Uh, I, know it, I know it's not, but it sounds more impressive. So right. I usually say that. Right. I mean, it's something about the rhythm of the... The, 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 the words. Yeah. 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 Um, so to give you a sense of scale, um, uh, that's a few seconds to the moon. Okay. Okay. Right. Uh, and eight minutes to the sun. Uh, but even that, you know, nobody goes to the sun. So that isn't actually so helpful. Right. Um, uh, I have a friend of mine who used to carry around uh, a light nanosecond in his pocket which was a, a piece of string about a foot long. Um, so a nanosecond is a, a billionth of a second. So uh, he would hold up the, the string and say, this is, this is how fast light goes in one billionth of a second. Uh, that's to, to cool. kind, of, kind of give you a scale. <laughs> he yeah. just would walk around pulling the string out randomly. Uh, he would actually, yeah. That's cool. Um, that's cool. I don't know what's happened to him, but we'll see. Well, whatever it was, it was really fast. <laughs> really fast, yes. <laughs> So the, um, the, the scale of the speed of light is so fast that you only notice it on astronomical uh, scales, which we don't interact with on a regular basis. Right. So when Einstein first says, uh, as you get near the speed of light, these strange things will happen. And people say, well, I never see time being dilated or length being contracted. And he says, well, that's because you're moving literally one billionth the speed you need to be going to notice these effects. And I say, oh, all right. And that's a bold claim. <clears throat> exactly. Right. That's incredible. And, and in 1905, when Einstein makes that first claim, there's essentially no way to test it. Uh, wow. Because there we can't go 
they were unable to to make anything go close to the speed of light. Um, and the measuring apparatus uh, they had were not sufficient for measuring these effects. Right. Oh, they could, I mean, without going into great detail, I'd say go look it up. The story of how they were able to measure the speed of light. It wasn't Einstein who did it, right? It was, um, oh, it was no, yeah, it's Michael actually Sun. done. Well, it's done first in the 17th century, actually, huh? um, by uh, by timing the uh, the eclipses of the moons of Jupiter and noticing huh? how the timing was different when the Earth was close to Jupiter and when it was far away. Oh, um, but but remeasuring the speed of light is a uh, uh, an important ritual in the history of science that's sort of every every generation does it again to show that they can do it better that's cool that's cool and so it was the number was known and uh, uh, the mystery was well it's a whole fascinating story about this the story of the discovery of the speed of light and then einstein's and the known the it was known well that it was a mystery that no matter what direction you were going it was always the same well, yeah, this is kind of the um, either the initial puzzle or the initial premise of relativity, depending on how you look at it. So uh, generally, speed is relative. So if I'm uh, zooming along the highway in my car at 60 miles an hour, it only looks like it's going like I'm going 60 miles an hour to the person standing on the side of the highway. But right. the person sitting next to me in the passenger seat thinks I'm not moving at all. Right. Right. So that's our uh, that's um, called Galilean relativity, uh, meaning that speed is relative to the observer. Oh, I didn't um, Galilean. Yeah. Um, so this only gets weird once you. So that's fine. And this is extremely knowing this is extremely useful for all sorts of applications. Uh, but it gets a little strange when you start thinking about light as one of those moving things. So this is what people start doing in the late 19th century, like when Einstein was a kid. Right. Is to say, well, all right. So if um, when we say the speed of light, which observer are we talking about? Are we talking about the person sitting on Earth? Are we talking about the person riding along with the light wave Um, and trying to find an acceptable resolution to that question uh, is is sort of the um, the rock in the shoe of late 19th century physics. It's it's irritating but the fact that they can't quite figure it out, it's not, it's not worth taking off the shoe and really looking at the rock. <laughs> you just, they just kind of keep going until finally Einstein says, all right, let's take off the shoe and actually look at this rock. Right. Because and he liked to wear different colored socks, for instance. Uh, actually, he often didn't wear socks. Oh, he didn't. Yeah. So for him, it was yeah. extra painful. Exactly. Right. He didn't have that nice cushioning that the rest of us That's have. right. No Dr. Scholl's. Uh-huh. So that's Dr. Einstein his, had no Dr. Schultz. <laughs> that's the secret to his genius is uh, not wearing socks. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Uh, or or, so or you could say the secret to his genius, I mean, slightly more metaphorically, but that, that he felt things like these questions really bothered him, perhaps. Yeah, that's right. That weren't, they weren't particularly irritating to other people, but to yeah. him, he said, you know, what if? Yeah, uh, what, that's or, right. what if I was, and his particular frame for this one was, what if I was riding my bike at the speed of light? alongside a light wave. Um, so he said, what would, what would that look like? Um, and by that time, this is, you know, turn of the 20th century, uh, we had good equations, Maxwell's equations for describing, um, the actual phenomenon of a light wave, which we describe as an electromagnetic wave. So it's these shifting pulses of electricity and magnetism that Mm. move through space. Mm. Uh, and Maxwell's equations describe how that wave moves and changes. But Einstein said, if you're, uh, riding alongside the light, then the light wave should not appear to be moving at all. Right. And that is not a thing in electromagnetism. That is Maxwell's equations cannot allow for a light wave to just hang there. Right. It's always moving. It's sort of it's sort of it's very close to surfing, isn't it? Like he is. Well, that would be the that would be the analogy. Right. So if you were surfing on a light wave, um, would it look like the wave was moving or would it look like it's not moving? And Einstein says a light wave always has to be moving. There's no there's no other way to think about light other than a wave moving. So Einstein's um, solution to this is just to declare 
that everyone everywhere will always see light moving at the same speed. So you say the speed of light is not relative uh, the way car speeds on the highway is. Right. Even so, for instance, actually, the surfer image is interesting to me. Let's imagine Einstein on a surfboard mm-hmm. surfing a wave. And and just like we know, he, he is on one uh, peak of the wave. But just like waves in the ocean, you can actually see them like ripples on a pond. When you right. go surfing, you're mm-hmm. riding one of the ripples, but which belongs to a whole set of mo- ripples, which are all moving at the same speed. Yeah, let's say in in the same direction. So he's riding the top of one of these things, and uh, you know, unlike a messy uh, wave in the ocean, it's not it's not like he's surfing and he's inside it, and the wave is crashing over him. Yeah, and all yeah. That so it's a perfectly nice pond wave, perfectly yeah. still, and he's on top of it, and everything's good. so. As he moves, now here's where it gets a little tricky between the the real light wave and and these water waves. But if he's riding it, we can say that he would look down at the wave that he's riding and he and the wave are moving at the same speed and so if he doesn't look anywhere else he just looks straight down you know, he won't appear to be moving that so that's the expectation pre-einstein is right. that the surfer can't tell the wave is moving um and einstein says that can't be right that that in fact everyone has to see the wave moving if it's a light wave um, so then we're, we're confronted with this very strange situation where the, the surfer has to see the, uh, the wave moving past them, even though the person on the shore sees the surfer riding the wave. <laughs> and, right, and, so and this is, is because of a simple fact, right? The simple fact is that they could measure the speed of light and they notice that when the earth is going what, what, you know, they, they could just measure it while That's moving right. so in it, all different directions, and it was always exactly, exactly right. the same. So both, yeah. So both the surfer and uh, and the person on the beach both measure the speed of the light wave, and they both get the same answer: one hundred eighty six thousand two hundred ninety two miles per second. Which makes no sense. Which makes no sense, right? Because right. then it seems that the, the the surfer is both riding the wave and seeing the wave go away from them. So right. this is what everyone's trying to to figure out as a resolution to this. And Einstein's resolution is to say, uh, yeah, everybody, everyone will see the wave moving. And the way to do that is it turns out that our measurements of time and space themselves uh, do change. So it's not that the speed of light changes, but it's the measurements we make of the universe that change relative to our motion. Yeah. So he has various thought. Again, this is not something he does in the lab. This is a a thought experiment. He just kind of thinks through what the the consequences of this would be. So one essentially the the resolution he comes to is to say that the clock that the surfer is using to measure the velocity of the wave and the clock that the lifeguard on the shore is using to measure the velocity of the wave uh, disagree that is, the, the surfer's clock will run slow relative to the lifeguard's clock. Right. And because of that, the, they measure the same speed of light, even though uh, they're seeing different things happening. Right. Now, that just, as much as I say I like to follow something just above my ability to comprehend, there my mind just, like all the gears popped out. Yep, exactly. And, and that's, um, that's normal. Yeah. Right. So let's, let's do this. The what the if is the speed of light has been slowed down. Yeah. And from that, these weird effects will come. And then we can talk about well, why, why is that? So we're slowing it down. I'm turning, I'm turning down the dial. <laughs> and we've now changed the speed of light from 186,000. Uh, 292 miles per second. 292 miles per second to what? Well, let's, uh, that's a good question. Let's make it something um, uh, walkable. So how fast, well, what's, what's the average uh, strolling speed? Two miles an hour. Two miles an hour, is yeah. that right? Okay. Yeah. Um, so in New York, that's probably three miles an hour, but we'll, we'll, do, <laughs> right. we'll, we'll do normal walking speed. Well, it depends how many people are coming at you the other direction on the side. Yes, right. How many tourists are visiting and walking yeah. slowly in front of you? Um, so let's see here. So let's make the speed of light four miles an hour then. Okay. Okay. So uh, you start noticing... Um, relativistic effects at about half the speed of light. Um, Mm -hmm. So 
So the, the main effects we're going to be seeing are, there's three of them, um, time dilation, where your clock runs slow, length contraction, where your yardstick gets squashed, and, and mass dilation, where your mass increases. Of all of these, that middle one sounds the most painful. The length contraction? Yeah. But um, your, so your can, yardstick gets squashed. It just doesn't That's count. right. So the yardstick is what you use to measure the length of things, right? I mean, that, that might seem so obvious that it isn't, doesn't even need to be said, um, but it totally does. So as I'm walking down the street, uh, I want to measure the size of, uh, let's say, the, um, the mailbox that I'm walking past. So as I walk past it, I put my yardstick next to it and it says 24 inches. Fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going to try jogging past the mailbox and doing the same thing. So as I increase my speed from two miles an hour to three miles an hour, I'm now going three quarters the speed of light. So as I noticed that my yardstick seems to, to, or the mailbox seems to shrink as I measure it. So now it seems to be only 16 inches wide as I measure. You, it isn't that you, your yardstick and the mailbox all shrink the same amount, in which case you wouldn't notice anything. Right. Uh, It's that, that's right. It's that uh, the mailbox relative to me jogging past it suddenly looks compressed, squashed. Totally weird. Actually, here's an even more simple thing we could start with. When you mm-hmm. turn on a light, so if I'm, I'm across a room, and, and I'm not sure, maybe you could probably tell us how, how big the room would have to be for us to notice, but it's a, it's a room that's however big it needs to be, where I'm on one side, there's a light switch right next to the door. I walk in, I hit the light, but the light, the lamp itself is on the opposite side of the room. It turns on if... We're talking about a very slow speed of light. It means I'll hit the switch and there would be a considerable delay before I actually see the light. Right. Um, Yeah, that's right. So uh, at four miles an hour, you do. So then light would be coming towards you at jogging speed. So in in the size of my office, because it's a New York office, um, it wouldn't it wouldn't be much of a delay. Uh, But if you were in a gymnasium, say, uh, you would notice a significant delay. So a few seconds before uh, the light got to you from the right. far side. Now, yeah. a traffic light would be interesting because yep. people would see the light change at different times. Right now, in normal world, mm-hmm. when the light changes, when the light turns red, no matter how far away you are, it's a very long straight road. You see that light turn red. Everybody sees it turn red at the same time. Uh, as far as you could tell, yeah. There's no there's no road long enough on the earth that you would notice that delay. Right. At this, uh, but with, but with this phenomenon now, with that we've the, the speed of light has slowed down to four miles an hour. Mm-hmm. If you were two miles away, well, that'd be pretty far to see a traffic light, I suppose. Um, but, but anyway, yeah, but, but like people, people close yeah. to the light are That's actually right. going to see it first. Right. Um, and then slam on their brakes. Right. Uh, and then the person back from them won't see the speed of, well, won't see, uh, that light change until after the light wave has passed that first car. Right. Um, so an interesting thing will happen where the, uh, because you might say, well, can the per- se- person second in line just watch for the brake lights of the person in front uh-huh. and therefore kind of cheat as uh-huh. it goes? Right. Um, and it turns out you, you can't quite because if you could cheat that way, then you could send a signal back through the line of traffic faster than the speed of light. What? Which is which would which is not acceptable, right? So it turns out that's uh, the the let's see here, the further back in line you go, the less of a delay there will be between seeing the flash, uh, seeing the light change, and seeing the brake lights of the person in front of you. Right. So, so, people, so is there a yeah. pileup? There will be. Um, there will be a pileup, um, but it will be. Let's see here. Uh, the, the pileup will get more severe as you go further and further back. So the longer a road you have, the more a pileup you will get. So that would be totally weird. Yeah. 
like normally we expect, well, a pileup is the worst at the front of the yes, pileup. That's right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Here, the pileup gets worse the further back you go. Mm-hmm. So already the world is like freaking out. Yeah. Everything would get, so everything would get kind of compressed. Uh, uh, people's reactions and the signal would get compressed closer and closer together. Um, yeah. So you would want roads uh, quite short to prevent this from oh, interesting. Uh, causing a serious problem. All right. Um, wow. And then to be clear, by the way, it's not just that the traffic, it's not just that you don't see the light change from yellow to red at a difference that the people right up close to the light see that happen before you see it. But you actually don't see anything. You don't even see the cars hitting, right? It's not just. It's not just yep, the light. It's exa- not a, exactly right. We talk yeah. about light. It sounds we sounds like we mean well lights. Like this just has to do with lights, mm-hmm. like light bulbs. Mm-hmm. But it's actually yeah. everything you see. It's everything. Yeah. So in this particular case, it would be uh, I'm seeing the light is green, and then uh, it changes to red. But that that information that the light has changed doesn't reach me right away. That I have to wait for it. Uh, so the people ahead of me get that information first and react to it, slam on the brakes, as it were. Um, and normally you want some gap in between uh, when you see the brakes get put on um, and when you get the initial signal. But in this case, you, you would get less and less warning as it would go. So you would, if you're way near the back, you would see the light change to red at the same time that everyone ahead of you that you see everyone ahead of you slam on their brakes. So you get no, you get no warning between those two. We're definitely going to need automated cars because maybe they could handle it. They, yeah, even right. though they, 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 they there's have. absolutely, well, this gets into a deeper thing that there's absolutely, as far as the way Einstein uh, has shown us, there's absolutely no way even to convey information faster than that. Yeah, that's so, right. So, so there's this no is, way around it. Yeah, usually uh, after you've been talking about this for a few minutes, then people start wanting to try to find ways around it. Right. Right. Well, what if you, if on your car, you put a different light um, and then could I send the signal ahead? And the answer to all of these questions questions is no. Right. <laughs> so, That's right. Relativity has anticipated all the possibilities. Um, so, and this so, is, yeah. I want, I want to jump. Since, uh, I want to put on the hit, hit, hit the what the if fast forward machine button. Go for it. Oh, that scared my cat. <laughs> She's like, what the, what the if? <laughs> yeah. Most cats are scared of relativity. She really yeah. did not. <laughs> and, uh, so we live in this four mile an hour, this pathetic four mile an hour speed of light world. And all, there'd be all kinds of crazy effects. And, but, but we're used to it. And some crazy guy says, I want to I wanna ride my bike faster than four miles an hour. Yeah. As he gets close to four miles an hour, which is super easy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, five miles an hour is like Mm -hmm. just barely kind of just moving along on your bike. What happens to him? Right. So this is an interesting. And this is. um, And let's say I'm going to complicate. I'm sorry. It's a tandem bike. Oh, okay. That's fine. So you can have conversations. There's two people on the bike. Um, So this is uh, this comes down to that that key question of is it a law or a suggestion? So one of the things that happens as you ride your bike fast, closer to the speed of light, um, I, I should say we haven't said this yet. Physicists abbreviate the speed of light as C, just the letter. Right. Um, and that's derived from the Latin word for fast, uh, celitas. So, Not uh, the Latin we, word for yes. C. C. The letter. So we usually describe um, how fast you're going relative to the speed of light as a fraction of C. So if we say half C, we mean you're going half the speed of light. That is about 90,000 miles an hour in our universe um, and two miles an hour in this universe. So as your speed gets closer and closer to C, your mass increases. So that is, that, Alan is the, the front violation. of Alan is at the front of the tandem bike, and mm-hmm. Randy's in the second seat behind him. Yeah. And they are now. Interestingly, about this tandem bike is that Alan in the front experiences this effect 
a little bit before Randy, right? Well, or this no? is so. Usually, we have um, Alice and Bob. I should say in okay. these in these thought experiments. So let's do that. So Alice and Bob are uh, riding the tandem bike together, um, and then um, Chris is standing on the side. Uh, on the sidewalk, not moving, watching right. the bike go by. So this is helpful. So um, Alice measures Bob's mass as they as they start bicycling. Um, and let's say Bob mass is um, uh, 100 kilograms. Okay. So right. somewhat, somewhat beefy guy. Right. Um, no matter how fast the tandem bike is going, uh, Alice riding the bike with Bob will always measure the same mass. Okay. This is important because they're going the same speed. Right. Now, Chris, uh, on the sidewalk measures Bob's mass as they zoom by. And the mass that Al, that Chris measures is going to be different based on how fast the bike is going because Chris and Bob are going different speeds. Chris and Bob. Right. Now, if you are, Bob or Randy mm -hmm. or Alan or Alice. Alice. If you're Alice or Bob, yep, you're riding the bike. And you don't feel this is this is the fascinating thing about this whole thing is am I correct mm -hmm. in saying that you're on this bike, you're pedaling faster and faster and faster, getting closer to four miles an hour. Mm -hmm. You don't notice anything different. Yeah. Nothing, nothing weird is you you don't notice anything different. You're just cranking along. The same way you normally feel. Meanwhile, the people on the sidewalk mm -hmm. watching you go along the bike, bike path along right. the beautiful Hudson River uh, see you see weird things happening to you. They see you, get, amongst other things, becoming more massive. So that's not the sense of being bigger. Right? Bob isn't getting fatter, ah. uh, but rather uh, the, the atoms of his body uh, are, be are becoming harder to move, which is sort of the definition of mass. How hard is it to move something? Well, that's so <laughs> that's yeah. weird. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> So Chris is watching from the sidewalk um, and noticing that uh, as they get close, as Alice and Bob get closer to four miles an hour, uh, the speed at which they're, the rate at which they're accelerating decreases. Okay. So even their, as their speed is increasing, but their acceleration drops off. Interesting. And Chris's explanation for that is they are getting more massive. So Alice and Bob can uh, only push can only push so hard on the pedals. Right. So Chris says, "Oh, of course they can't accelerate themselves anymore because they're getting more massive." Right now, for 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 ridiculous simplicity's sake, we can it, it it's as if they were getting heavier. Yeah, they do not look any different, but. They're acting like they're getting heavier and heavier and heavier. Yeah, that's right. So Chris says, like, uh, oh, I got to keep. Well, right. they <laughs> yeah. don't feel they don't feel anything different. They don't feel any different. Yeah, but Chris sees fun. them pedaling slower and slower yeah, as if right. they had. As if it was taking more and more work to right. keep pedaling. Um, and but on Chris, their faces, he sees no extra effort. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes, that's right. That's a good way to think about it. Yeah. Um, so Chris uh, is measuring their speed and notices that they're they're at uh, two miles an hour and then two and a half miles an hour and then 2.7 and 2.8 and 2.9 and 2.91 and 2.92 and 2.9201. And so uh, Chris notices that the, the increase in speed is getting smaller and smaller as they get closer and closer to the speed of light, which in our case is, is four miles an hour. Right. And since this is a public demonstration, this is a big event. Everyone's been invited out. Let's say it's in, let's move it to Central Park. They're yeah. in Central Park riding along. Everybody's cheering. <laughs> right. They're like, come on. What? You can make it. You... Get to the four miles an hour. Exactly. exactly. Um, and Alice and Bob say, yeah, no problem. We'll, we'll get there. We're, we're cruising along fine. Um, but Chris and the crowd keeps measuring 
and saying, why can't you get to that four miles an hour? You're just, uh, you're almost there and almost there and almost there. Yeah. Um, but they'll never quite get there. And the explanation for everyone in the crowd, for Chris and all of their friends, uh, is to say, uh, it's too bad that their mass keeps increasing as they get closer to four miles an hour, because that's what's keeping them from going over the top. They're getting fat. They're not getting fat, but they're getting fat. <laughs> they're getting massive. Yeah. Or uh, they're weak. They're, they're, yeah, they're getting weaker and weaker. Now, Allison, here's another weird effect, isn't it? That Allison Bob, hearing the people cheering, the sound of that cheering would be changing pitch, right? Um, uh, yeah, that's right. So they get a, a Doppler shift. So this would be another thing. So the Doppler shift is um, a change in perceived frequency as you get close to the speed of a wave. So right. you're used to hearing that for um, uh, for sound because the speed of sound is relatively slow. So mm -hmm. as the ambulance goes by you, you hear the pitch is high as it comes towards you and then it's low right. as it goes past. But for light, normally the speed of light is so fast that it's very hard uh, to observe. But if it's only four miles an hour, you'll notice a Doppler shift right away. So uh, what Alice and Bob will see is what's called a blue shift um, because blue is seen as uh, higher frequency light is seen as blue to the human eye. Right. So all everything in Central Park will start looking bluer and bluer to them as they're going faster and faster. Bluer in from the front of them. That's right. And then, and then reddish behind. That's right. So if they look over their shoulder, they'll see everything looking reddish. And as they look straight ahead, everything will be looking bluish. And in going from blue to red, is it do they see the full rainbow of colors? Like on their left, they would see green and yellow. More. Yeah, that's right. And that um, it'll get uh, there's a um, another effect that comes along with this where their field of view becomes compressed ahead of them as well. <laughs> right, right. So uh, eventually all of Central Park, they'll be able to see straight ahead of them in this little kind of blob of light. And then in that light, you get the full spectrum, um, but uh, the, all the colors become compressed kind of around the edge. This is so, so weird. Yeah. And all they wanted to do, their innocent the question was like, why can't we go faster than this? this who, the, our, our annoying teacher, Mr. Einstein, told us <laughs> that the speed of light was four miles an hour. And, and we're like, uh, well, we can pedal faster than that. Yeah, bike. that's right. I'll just hop on and I'll ride, right? Right, be right. Because it's because laws can be broken. So right. let's go break them. So you try biking. Um, and essentially what it comes down to is as you, as, uh, as the person tries to bike closer and closer to four miles an hour towards the speed of light, um, they, since they get bigger and bigger in the, in the mass sense, uh, it becomes harder and harder to pedal faster. So they never quite get there. Right. Um, so it's not that when you try to ride faster than four miles an hour, the hand of God comes down and stops you. Right. It's right. not a, it's not right. a traffic cop, That's but right. it's the actual structure of the road. So if we want to use the analogy of a road, um, it's that the road gets steeper and steeper as you get closer to the speed limit. Do they actually see it like that? No, they see a straight. No, no, but, they but, see a but straight. But the effort. But the analogy, that's right. So you have to keep gunning the gas harder and harder right. as the as the road gets steeper and steeper. Right. Um, and eventually it'll get it gets it get it'll get as steep as you want. Um, it'll keep getting steeper to slow you down uh, more and more. So the, here's the here's the fascinating thing. So you could you boil it all down and you could say the speed limit is actually a terrible term for it because it doesn't convey anything of what really right. happens. <laughs> it's more like, and this is one of the things you have to learn actually, as you learn relativity and this kind of thing is that speed is a far more complicated concept than you're used to thinking. Yeah. I think that's, that it's an important sense, the, uh, the basic lesson of relativity and it's not just speed, but all the measurements you make when you measure speed, when you measure time, when you measure distance right. is uh, relativity starts with the question of what do we really mean by measuring something? And it turns out that against this, this Einsteinian question, 
of the, this basic kind of childlike question. What do we really mean when we're measuring the speed of something? And everybody says, you know, you just measure the speed. And Einstein says, well, let's really think it through. And it right. turns out that there are powerful consequences to that. Right. E- e- and even more just like at a basic level, more like totally experiential. As you go faster and faster, and this is real. This is not like some thought experiment. This is how it is. The faster and faster you go, even in our universe, the the whole uh, I don't it's not that the universe changes around you, but you begin to experience all kinds of effects that you weren't aware of. It, it's not friction, but it's a little bit like if you're on a mm-hmm. if you're on a boat in the ocean and you're just putt 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 putting along, everything's fine. The faster you go, you will experience a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's that's the the universe. Your perception of the universe gets weird around you uh, as you get close to the speed of light. Yeah, yeah, it's a hard. I still can't even quite describe it, but because basically your entire mm-hmm. experience of the universe changes, but it's not just your experience. It's like literally, that's right. You see, maybe it is you encounter more things about the universe than you realized. Uh, yeah, that's right. There, there are things happening in the universe that you were not aware of before. Um, and that happens a lot, right? You're, everybody has some restricted experience of the world around them. Um, yeah. And then all of a sudden they cross the Hudson to New Jersey for the first time. And it's a totally different place. Yeah, I think the interesting thing is that we don't really ever, I can't think of an instance where your entire perception of reality <laughs> changes simply because you're moving uh well it's unless you move to new jersey (laughs) (laughs) boom got you jersey (laughs) which case that's all over it's all over where einstein lived by the way that's right yep problem problem solved (laughs) fascinating but this is I'm not going to continue next week with this because I need to digest this a bit. But this, yeah, this takes some digestion. Got to give yourself some some space to uh, uh, to try and grok what's going on. Yeah, but this four mile an hour light speed universe is wicked, mm-hmm. weird, really weird. Um, are there books that do this? Uh, anyone? Yeah, I mean, there's a number of good ones. Um, I'm a fan of um, David Merman's uh, It's About Time, hmm. uh, which is about special relativity. It's very, very lucid. Um, and then Kip Thorne's Black Holes and Time Warps is more about general relativity than special. Um, okay. But again, extremely clear and lucid. Cool. I would check those out. Now, uh, just quick heads up. You were doing some, you got a cool event coming up in Brooklyn. Oh, yeah, that's right. So um, Einstein's birthday is coming up uh, as it as it does every year. Um, and, and he's, interestingly, his birthday is Pi Day. So March 14th, you know, 314. Oh, is that right? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that handy? Um, so uh, a few of us are putting on a, uh, a fun event under the, uh, Aegis of Astronomy on Tap, which is a great, uh, a great organization. Um, so we're going to be having um, some scenes from a play about Einstein called Our Friend Albert, uh, and that'll be at the Littlefield Theater uh, out in Brooklyn. Um, but if you uh, go to Facebook and search for Astronomy on Tap, the event will pop up for March 14th. Uh, so we'll be doing a play. We'll be having some physicists talk. I'll be talking a bit too. Uh, there will be. Um, uh, merchandise, Einstein-themed merchandise available Ooh. from the Unemployed Philosophers Guild. Oh, okay. Um, come join us. It'll be good fun. Wow, that, that's fantastic. And do we know if this is going to be live-streamed at all or people outside? Um, well, I think it will not be live-streamed, but I think it is being uh, recorded for posterity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So but, it'll probably be online afterwards, and if it is, we'll, we'll give a shout-out to the link yeah, in like the future. That. Wonderful. Thank, thank you to uh, Mr. Alan Blair on Twitter, at Mr. Yes. Alan Blair, A-L-L-E-N-B-L-A-I-R. Thank, thank you for listening. Thank you to all of our listeners who have suggested, uh, sent in so many awesome suggestions, which we will yeah. some, keep, send, keep, keep sending, sending them in. Yep. Keep sending the best ones. We're just going to we're going to keep diving in on. And a special thank you, of course, also to Randy Woods for making time malleable, for taking the time out. To be malleable. <laughs> to be malleable. If we all became more malleable, um, things things might be a little bit 
better. Um, as you go yeah. out today, if you ride a bike as I do, or you walk, or whatever kinds of vehicular transport you take, or if you ride an elevator, be grateful for the fact that nothing weird is going to happen. I mean, I think I'd be more grateful if I got to see weird, crazy stuff happening all the time, but it might slow you down. Yeah, it would literally a, yeah, slow you down. It would be hard to get around. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you all for tuning in to What The If. Come to uh, whattheif.com to learn more about who these two crazy guys are talking and to send in your ideas. You can go to whattheif.com slash contact or you can just send us an email to feedback at whattheif.com. You can also see... I'm just going to continue to say see. I, I'm stopping correcting myself. There's literally <laughs> nothing... Actually, it's a very colorful, beautiful website with lots of fun illustrations that take far longer for me to find and uh, make than to record and edit the entire show. But uh, it's a lot of colorful art there, and you can see... (laughs) It's impossible. There's a universe where I got this right. You can hear all... You can listen to all of our previous episodes. There's like... We're up to number 34. Crazy. Incredible. So, and on Twitter, we are at What The If Show. If you think of it, if you know how to do it, or if you're interested in learning how to do it, go figure it out. Go to iTunes, find What The If, the podcast, What The If, and uh, click on five stars. The little rating button, click the tab, give us five stars, and give us a review. Tell us what you think. Um, you know, just basically spew praise all over the place um, in as many words as you choose. And that, that will just help more people like you who enjoy the show find it. Matt, thank you so much. Thank you for taking us on this tandem bike ride to the frontiers of the universe. Thank you. You too, all few hours of it. And when March returns and we come back one week from now, relatively speaking, we will say with you, our listeners, and all together, what the... If 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 Doppler effect Bye now Where's the stop button? I don't even know how to stop this thing. <laughs>